podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello everyone and welcome along to the latest edition of the Monday Night TII Live Bulletin. My name is Craig Dennett and I'm your host this evening as I'm joined by Ross Chalmers. How are you doing Ross? Yeah, I'm not too bad, Craig. Thanks for having me. Looking forward to this tonight. Absolutely. I think it's safe to say there's plenty to, to discuss. And uh, we're also joined by Jock. How are you doing, Jock? Oh, evening. Not too bad, yourself. Yes, good. Thank you. And before we get stuck into everything, we'll say uh, we'll say good evening. It's good morning for he is to Shug, I believe, won a bronze medal in the World Curling Championships over the weekend. So a huge well done to Shug from everyone at TII. And that's the final compliment you'll ever hear me give him. So um, take it while you get it, Shug. So moving on to, I guess, a very quick look at yesterday's game. And we'll start with you first, Ross. Um, 3-0 win yesterday over Rafe Rovers in the Scottish Cup quarter final. Safe to say it wasn't our best performance uh, that we've had. What are, your, what are your overall thoughts on the game looking back? Yeah, it's a bit of an Ibrooks performance under Michael Beale so far, hasn't it? That the, the team find it difficult to find that level they, they've managed to show away from home and especially over a 90-minute period. I'm not really surprised by the game yesterday because we've seen this all before. You know, when a team comes and, and part 10 men behind the ball, it's very difficult to really get that kind of flow of the game that this Rangers team wants. So overall, for me, listen, I understand that we all want performance levels to maybe be at a higher threshold. Uh, but for me, it's just about getting through the next round, to be honest with you. Um, we had that cup disappointment last week. And I think we're all still frustrated with that and angry about that. So I just want to reach that final. I just want to win that cup. So any way that we get through these rounds it, it is fine for me. I'm not going to get too hung up on it. More minutes in the legs for guys like uh, Nico Raskan and, and Todd Cantwell. It's a positive day, really, for me in terms of just get the result and just move on. Yeah, I think I think ultimately that's what we wanted. Just into the semi, into the hat for the semi final, and and take it f- uh, from there. It's our it's our last real chance at a trophy this season, and absolutely we have to we have to take it seriously. Uh, Jock Michael Beale went with pretty much the same starting lineup as played against Hibs on Wednesday night. The only change was Wonstrom in for Jack. <laughs> um, I get that it's different oppositions, and I get that that means different types of games, especially when we're at home compared to, to being away. Um, I found it quite frustrating that we didn't follow up the Hibs performance with another with another one that, that was quite as free-flowing as it was on Wednesday night. Did, did, did you share those frustrations? Yeah, I think so. I think Ross pretty much covered it there. You know, the teams come to Ibrox and they're going to part the bus, especially a team in the divisions further down. Um, with, the Hibs game was, was, was crazy because Hibs were very open. And I think that as as good as we were, I think Hibs obviously tried tried to play a sort of brand of football as well, and we were all over them really. So we had plenty of space to attack. You don't get that at Ibrox against these teams that are going to come and part the bus. So you just need to be more patient, which we were. Um, and you have to f- try and find different channels, different avenues to break them down. Uh, in this case, it was a set piece to get us off the mark, something that we've been struggling with for months months upon months to set peace goals so to get one I think it's going to be good for the confidence uh, going forward with set pieces and I say 3-0 they end up um, 
it is what it is. Like, it's like Ross says, we need to just need to get around the, net, the next round and just um, deal with whoever we get with in the semi-final because we need this cup going forward. Um, just touching on Raskin and Campbell starting to keep in the midfield. The, the familiarity there, uh, Reese touched on it last night in the podcast, saying that building that relationship, all for it, keep it going. We're going to have to change between Jack and Lundstrom because um, it's, it's, that's the sort of role they're going to be sort of swapping around but keep the familiarity and the continuity going it's only going to be better for us going forward especially in the next season yeah i think we'll come on to talk about ryan jack and his future at the club later on i think ag comes in and says uh Lundstrom showed exactly why jack is ahead of him in the pecking order and i think i have to have to agree with that one i think very much John Lundstrom slowed the play down yesterday. He was a bit careless when he was in possession of the ball. He was making some needless tackles. He, the one he got booked for was just nonsensical. Um, and I think, yeah, I think we'll come on to talk about Ryan Jack a little bit later, but I think he is or has to be the starter for now until the summer. He has to be the starter in that position as, as much as we can. We're obviously in the semi-final draw. Um, Graham Brown says, do we think the draw will be rigged tonight for an old firm final? Ross, come to you, put you on the spot. Would you rather Celtic in the semi-final or the final? Oh, that's a tough one for me because my nerves are shocking when it comes to old firms. I, I think I would rather get them in the semi-final. I think I'd rather put them out. Um, and I would personally probably enjoy the final more. I think going into a, a cup final like we've seen a couple of weeks ago, I, well, I was terrible leading up to that, to be honest. Um, I find it difficult to even read the Rangers-related content leading up to old firms. So, yeah, I think for me, I would rather get them now uh, and put them out. That would be the way I would look at it. But listen, I think we all know that we're going to have to beat Celtic at, at, at some stage here because the other two teams left, or three teams, should I say, left, probably aren't going to compete. No disrespect to them, but I, I think I would say that about ourselves. I think... Both teams will get to that final if they're not drawn against each other in the semi-final. So, yeah, semi-final for me. Let's put them out early. Yeah, I think I think it's safe to say that if anyone's going to have a chance of beating Celtic, the only real team to do so will be us that's left in the cup competition. And even then, I'm, I'm not sure how confident I am that we would be able to to beat them. But I'll always go in with the blind optimism that, that we absolutely can. Um but yes, I'd, I'd probably side with you, Ross, in terms of semi-final, similar to last year, have a bit of a go, knock them out, and then then find our way into the final and take it and take it from there. Um, Jock, at the game, and I, I realise you would have been watching on TV yesterday, at the game, it, early on, it became obvious that the Union Bears hadn't turned up. Um, there was a, a distinct lack of any sort of noise, I think, coming from, from the Brimo or anywhere else in the stadium. Um, it soon transpired they chose not to enter the stadium because the club would not per- permit what it calls uh, an offensive anti-police banner display. Um, yesterday evening, an article from Chris Jack in the Herald Online said as follows, uh, we can now reveal that the highly offensive banner um, showed a police officer mocked up as a pig alongside a 1312 slogan. I, there was a lot of fallout last night across social media. There was a lot of wild takes um, going on all over the place. There was a lot of blaming the board before the actual facts were known. What did you, what did you make of the whole situation? Yeah, I think that's a, that's that's what I've got down here in my notes. Is um, 
there's a lot of sort of not many facts are known. Um, there's a lot of sort of images posted around. Uh, this was supposed to be the banner, and it was the it was one aimed at Ross Wilson, um, along with the Union Bear statement. Um, but then obviously this other report came out sort of later on in the evening um, about this other banner. So to to me, there's too much. They said they said you know there's no real. We're kind of struggling here to get a sort of a clear picture of what's going on. The club have took their stance, whether it's the club, whether it's a different element within the club, maybe security. You know, we don't know. There's no, there's no context. There's no facts. We're just getting two sides of two different stories. So the only thing I can say is that the atmosphere in the ground was very noticeable from the first, I'd say, two minutes. Usually within two minutes, the drums go and the fans are starting and it sort of the tempo of the, the stadium picks up and it sort of flows and goes as the game goes on. It was flat. It was like a live. It was like a training game. Going back to COVID times, you could hear the you could hear um, the 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 wraith manager uh, dishing out all his, his shouts and stuff over the top of anything else that was happening on the ground. So ugh, it was disappointment. Uh, disappointment for me personally, seeing you know, the, the stadium was so flat. Didn't help the thing. It helped the players in the pitch either. Yeah, I think there's an element of it, it comes to that it's a it is a Scottish quarter final, but it is against World League opposition. It's at one yeah. o'clock on a, a Sunday afternoon. The stadium's half empty. Um, the uh, it's, it's half full of kids. It's a great opportunity where people are are starting to bring new fans that are just getting used to going to Rangers games or getting their first opportunity to go to Rangers games are coming into the stadium. And I think the mix of all that, along with the Union Bears not being there, I think contributed to that flat atmosphere. As you said, uh, AG comes in and says, Ibrox a library without the UB. I've said before, Scottish football atmospheres are a myth. Look to Poland or Greece for something proper. I think it's safe to say probably... Selective atmospheres are really good at, at Ibrooks Ross. I think, um, and not all ones, but the ones, for example, the ones in that European run last season will live with me forevermore, and the memories that were made there. So I think saying Ibrooks is a library without them is is probably incorrect. But I think the vast majority of run of the mill games, probably the the best way to describe them, it probably can be accused of being that. What did you make of the the reaction of? both the club and the Union Bears after the incident happened. Yeah, I agree with a lot of the, the, the points that Jock made there. It's not a good situation to be in. Um, we've seen this before with the Union Bears and the club, that they do have their disagreements at times, but this seems to have went to a new level yesterday in terms of not coming into the ground. I know they've had certain protests before. Listen, I've seen, the, I've seen Chris Jack's article about the banner that they had put together. And again, how do you know the the accuracy here of terms of who's telling the truth? Are the you know are the are the union bears or the club? It's just it's just very messy. I mean, we've seen another situation last night, which I'm sure we got onto with Namdi Offerboard. There's just a lot hanging around the club right now that just seems unnecessary. Maybe unnecessary is the incorrect word to use because I understand the union bears grievances right now with the club, and a lot of people agree that we've we've stood still. So I don't disagree with some of their protests. Um, so I actually find it really difficult to comment on because of the things that you and Jock have um, picked out in terms of we don't really know the accuracy behind either side. Uh, it's just not a situation I want the club to be in with the Union Bears. You've said it there. They are very important to the atmosphere on the ground. 
in games like yesterday, you really do need them because uh, I think Michael Beale maybe spoke about this in his press conference where he said there's an expectancy in the in the atmosphere of the ground at Rangers with games like that yesterday. And uh, that's not going to change because fans believe that the vast majority of games they show up, we should be winning the game and we should be winning it comfortably, probably every game outside of the old firm. So that's not going to change, but the Union Bears do a lot to, to generate the atmosphere and it does you know, resonate around the ground. So it's something I would like to see get sorted. I don't see it getting sorted quickly, unfortunately, because of the, the problems that they have right now, the Union Bears with the club. There's It's deeper than just a banner. Um, and it's going to take a wee while, I think, for the for things to get sorted. And ultimately, we're going to need results to change, really, until the Union Bears really want to settle things with the club, unfortunately. Yeah, I think I'd have to agree with that one. And I do think this is one that's going to, to run and run. Um, some of the comments uh, that are coming in from, from viewers, Bilko Blue says it was never quiet when Easton Kozier was there, even the Coatlands had built out a few songs. I do think both areas are still there in the stadium, but I get I get what you mean in terms of years gone by. Um, Ian McPhee says, I think our inept performance was a contributing factor in the overall atmosphere. Um, Trying Scotsman says, would safe standing help the atmosphere? I think it would. I'd, by all accounts, it's not on the club's radar at this moment in time. It's something that that they have very much on the back burner, but I don't think it's anything that, that we're going to be seeing anytime soon. Jock, I think, what did you make of the social media reaction last night to to all of this? It seemed that a lot of people were, were instantly trying to villainise the club, villainise the, the board's directors, and that very much seemed the way, the way that it was going. What did you make of that? that reaction and, and did it surprise you in any way? No, didn't surprise me one bit. Anything now that's coming out or has just turned into a negative a thing to use to attack the board. The, the board at the moment can't do anything right at the moment uh, and anything that does happen, uh, like I say, we talk about our things later on in the programme. Uh, again, in our situation arose last night, used to attack the board this is all the board's fault this is the medical team's fault you know it's the board are in such a sticky position at the moment and the toxic toxicity of of social media right now if around rangers uh is just it's i don't think i've seen it as bad as this um in a long time put it that way um, and I just like you say, I don't know. Like we, the only way this gets fixed is if we start winning trophies and everything on the on the pitch is hunky dory. Then everything in the stands, if it's hunky dory, and social media follows suit, this isn't going to be a quick fix. It's going to take time. Uh, whether it's going to take people leaving, whether it's going to take discussions between social media groups, union bears, but the board to sit down and engage with fans, something's going to have to be done. And it's going to have to be done pretty soon because this will not change and it'll only get worse and worse for yeah. everybody. Yeah, Ross, I think I'd have to agree with Jock in terms of the only way it's going to get fixed properly is the team starts winning on the pitch and starts producing silverware. And that seems to that seems to placate everyone because everyone, ultimately that's what everyone wants, just different people have different ideas of how, how we actually get there. Um, what do you make of this from AG? It says there's no defence for censorship, absolutely none. It's mental that Scots tolerate the level of censorship in the country. I think it's, you think the club have to protect themselves in a way, especially if the banner is particularly offensive and they are seen to be, whether it's working with us, working with a particular group or, or at least approving the content a particular group are, are bringing into the stadium. 
Yeah, that, I find this this a difficult for me to talk about because I'm not, to be honest, the answer is I'm not sure. Um, I think that the board have to be accepting of the criticism right now. And if there's banners coming in that are calling them out, I think Joe picked on one yesterday that I seen about Ross Wilson. I think it was director of failure or something. You know, if these banners are coming in, I think they just need to accept it. Unfortunately, the fans pay their money and they're allowed to, to protest against the, against the board. We can't question that. Um, just to come back in something you said there and the, the results on the pitch, that is what matters, the results on the pitch. You know, you think, go back, um, even this season when we were going through good periods, you know, everyone has a care about the academy or the, maybe people are starting to get interested about Edmondson House and that people are more interested in the club when the team are winning. But see, when the teams start losing, no one's interested. No one cares about the academy. No one cares about... Even recruitment, to be honest with you, they'll criticise it after, but they just want the team to win first. And I think that's I think that's where we are right now. Of course, we're still picking up results under Michael Beale, but the important one, we lost. So unfortunately, the club and the board are just going to continue to receive criticism until we address that and start winning trophies again. Unfortunately, the club can't do anything about it. They can't demand a cup final next week to go and win. They need to wait for these things to come around. Do we need to earn our right to get there? But I think that is the only thing that's going to release the pressure right now, unfortunately. Um, and the gap in the league doesn't help. Um, if the gap, I think if the gap was a wee bit closer they, and we maybe felt there was still something to play for with these fixtures every week outside the cup competitions, you'd maybe see a wee bit less of a protest. But I think this is the problem right now. I just think fans are not happy with the direction the club are going in. And rightly so. Um, I think there's a lot that the board can be criticised for. And yeah, they'll be they'll be continued to criticise until it's sorted, unfortunately. Yeah, I think so. I think that's I think that's a fair a fair summary of the situation. It'll be interesting to see how it how it does play out over the coming weeks and months. Um I think the summer will be particularly interesting um around that one and what conversations take place between between the club and, and the union bears. Uh just a message hot off the press from our our famous interviewer, Tommy Tommy McIntyre, I think it's fair to say now. Um, he wants everyone in the comments, if they do have a question for the uh, Rangers comms team, if, if there's anything you would like Tommy or the TII team to ask the Rangers comms team, please fire your question into the comments and we'll take a look at them. Uh, we've got potential uh, some content coming up with them in the near future. So if you do have any questions, for the Rangers comms team that you would like to see put to them, fire them in the comments here, messages them on Twitter, and we'll pick the best ones um, and we'll look to take them forward if we get the chance. Jock, moving on to, um, I guess, Michael Beale's post-match comments yesterday. Um, one of the most interesting ones, or one of the, the biggest headline makers, I think it's fair to say, was his comments on Alfredo Morelos. Um, I'll read out his comments just now. They're quite lengthy and I do have a cold, so apologies if I have to stop midway through. Um, but he said, Alfredo had the shirt. He was the only striker fit and he did very well. And I think in the last 14 games, he's got seven goals and five assists. So there's the one thing he has performed. He's training really well in the background, but I like Tony's energy and I put Tony in midweek and I thought him and Fashion were fantastic. They had a contrasting game today. I think he's basically saying that, that Cholak and Fashion Sakala did not perform particularly well yesterday, which I would have to agree with. In terms of the reports from the outside, I've not spoken to him about it. He's free to go and speak to other people. We've not spoke to him and, off and offered him anything. We've not done anything with any of the contract players. We want to have a look and keep talking. Ryan Jackson, a place where I've said publicly I'd like him to stay, and the same with Ryan Kent. So that's above me, so you can communicate that. 
Alfredo's situation is slightly different. He's been in the club a long time and I need to see a little bit more from Alfredo day in, day out. I think when he's played and the team has needed him, he's fine, but I want more energy in the final third. Can he provide that? If he can, he's a better option than what he's been in the last few months. I think it's fair. I think that's fair. Everything I'm saying has been told um, to his face. Jock, what, what are your thoughts when you read those comments or heard those comments if you, if you heard the interview online? Uh, I thought it was su- surprising because he's, he's been quite open there about everything that obviously he's he's, he's thinking because he's, he's told us that everything he's told us there now, he's told Alfredo to his face. So and when he did say he was looking for more energy, he didn't expand on what he was really what he was looking for. What does that mean? He wants more energy. He quoted Alfredo's stats. Alfredo's stats are not bad. You know, he's got assists, he's got goals, and there's, there's 14 games, as he said. Um, so I, to me, I was a. I think like reading between the lines, I think he thinks he's away, or maybe he already knows he's away. So he's just he's just he's sticking with Antonio uh, Cholak moving forward. Um, uh, that was my sort of take on it. Uh, without expanding on what he means by more energy, I mean, unless he's one that may just run from one side of the pitch to the other up front, Alfredo's play is about holding the ball up. It's about being the focal point. You get the ball to him and, then, and he drops deep, he starts making passes left, right, spreading the ball about. That's always been Alfredo's game. He bullies centre-backs. He, he bullies defenders. I'm assuming Beal's plan going forward is a different brand of football that doesn't suit Morelos and that's why he's looking to, to go forward with, with Cholak that was the way I took it Yeah, I think I'd have to, in terms of wanting more energy from Alfredo Morelos I think I'd have to wholeheartedly agree with that one, to be honest I think when you look at the Alfredo Morelos that we saw against the likes of say Porto in the past we saw a way to Feyenoord that, that Alfredo Morelos is the Alfredo Morelos you want. And the Alfredo Morelos we've got just now is a million miles away from that Alfredo Morelos. So albeit he's never been a man to to chase from one side of the pitch to the other constantly, I think I think it's safe to say he could put in more effort than we are seeing than we are seeing at, at, at the moment. Ross, it's, it's interesting because I, I, I think Alfredo Morelos has been an excellent servant to the club um, throughout his time. We signed him for a million pounds. He's our all-time top European goal scorer. Um, he scored over 110 goals for us so far. It does feel to me, though, that his time at the club is, is coming to a natural end. Is that what you're kind of taking from Michael Beale's comments as well? Yeah, I think uh, Michael Beale's demeanour yesterday, I think, was telling when he was speaking about Alfredo Morelos. I think it was the same in the press conference where he alluded to that he wasn't he didn't hear of these rumours when it came to a pre-contract with Sevilla, but you know, he just didn't seem really bothered by it. I think he's maybe accepted that Alfredo Morelos is maybe speaking to his agent and trying to engineer a move out. And and to be honest with you, I think it's time. I think it's time to move on um, from Alfredo. He's been absolutely fantastic for Rangers. You've just read out his statistics there. A great player. I mean, 2019-2020, this guy was unbelievable for us, especially in Europe. Um, he was bullying people at difficult away grounds in Europe. And I really thought, I, I really think we've seen the best of Alfredo Morelos. I don't think he'll hit that level again, unfortunately. I just don't think he's dedicated enough to, to hit that level again. So I, I think we've got the best out of him and I think it's time to move on. I mean, if he's looking for the rumoured, obviously they're, they're all rumoured figures, of course, but 
you know, supposedly he's looking for around 40 grand a week. The Alfredo Morelos we have right now is not worth 40 grand a week. We we could be using that money uh, smarter. So it's time to move on, I think. Um, me personally, it sounds a bit harsh. I'm just done with him. I'm done with him picking and choosing when he wants to show up, and when he wants to give us all. Um, I think the the rumours last summer with, with Sevilla, supposedly they were in from last year. I think it looks like it was true now. Um, I think he's been rejected that move last year, and I think that's why he's chucked it early this season, unfortunately. And I just don't want a player like that anymore. Um, there's too many lows, Wilfredo Merelos. Um, we don't get enough highs from him anymore. So, yep, it's time to thank him for everything he's done. He, he's been a great player for us. I'll look back at him fondly, regardless of the last couple of years. I always will look back at him fondly. But, yeah, it's time to, time to move on now and, and let him go. Yeah, there's loads of comments coming in on this one. I think um, I think it's safe to say Alfredo Morelos is is even be- becoming a bit of a polarising figure amongst the Rangers support. There's some people that absolutely love him and won't see a bad word said against him. There's other people that I think are, are coming up at it from a bit more of a balanced perspective in terms of they've loved his contribution to the club, but his his time's coming to an end. And then there's people who were never on board with with Alfredo Morelos, although I think. That number's probably grown as time has as time has gone on over the past year or two. Um, I've seen quite a lot of comments uh, come in both here and on on Twitter around disrespect being shown to to Alfie by the Rangers support. Jock, do you would you agree that that's something that's been shown, or would you would you think that's a bit a bit extreme? I think I think it's a bit extreme. You're always going to get some people on Twitter that are going to take the hump on because of the way he's the way he's behaving. But you know, but he's always been that sort of moody guy character. I know yeah, it's a lack of effort. I think that's what's that that if anything, he's disrespecting the fans by not putting the effort in. That at the end of the day, he's, he's he's a contracted player at the football club. He has to put the effort in. Um, we know he did struggle with sort of weight issues and stuff over the, over the cup over years, but. And disrespect towards Alfie, I don't think so. He's gave us some great moments, and we, we've done nothing but back him, even away at the, the start, whenever he was getting this, the daft red cards, and you know people were defending him left, right, and center because you know he's 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 done a hell of a lot for our club. Um, it's just a shame that it's not going to end the way that we all sort of thought thought it would with more trophies, thanks to him, because his his goal contribution over the seasons has been great, but it's just not been enough to get us over the line with trophies. Yeah, I do think one of the areas that we, we've we not quite managed to get Alfredo Morelos is to be that consistent 20-goal-a-season-in-the-league striker. I think that's potentially where something that, that, that we've missed. Obviously, his performances in Europe tend to be the ones that we remember over any others. Um, performances in Europe and against either of the Edinburgh teams seem to be the ones that we that we remember over the years. Um, and I think it's just we really need that 20-goal-plus-a-season striker in, in the league to really take us where we want to get to. And I, I actually think, and there will be disagreements on this, but I think, especially in the last couple of seasons, our loyalty to Alfredo Morelos has held us back as a team and the difficulty of Alfredo Morelos, a player that needs game time and consistent game time to be able to play anywhere near his best football. And I think that if we were to bring in another striker like we've seen with Cholak this year, who takes, who started absolutely on fire and is continuing to take up some of the game time that Alfredo Morelos would be expecting to to get. Um, I think we just see that Alfredo Morelos is able to offer less and less to us as a club and, and I'd agree that it's probably is reaching the end of, of that time. Bilko Blue says, 
time to shake hands and wish Alfie all the best for his future. I think I think that's where I stand on it, Ross. I, I just seen that you drank out, out the biggest glass of water I've ever seen in my life. Um, but I think on that side of things, I've seen some people on Twitter saying the fact that Alfredo Morelos, who at one stage was our biggest asset, um, so allowing him to now leave on a free contract is is being described on Twitter as criminal mismanagement. Where do you where do you stand on that kind of description? Oh, I hate when people go into this argument about Alfredo Morelos and that he should have been sold when that sixteen million bid came in. I, I believe that sixteen million bid came in before we won the the league fifty five. So he was pivotal in that. Um, and then he was crucial in the Europa League run as well. Of course, he didn't make the was it the quarterfinal he was ruled out of, or did he make the first leg of that? Can't remember, but he was crucial in that run as well. I don't think we have the success that we've had. Ultimately, not enough, but I don't think we we would have had the success we had without Alfredo Morelos. And it's a big risk to take um, if you sell a player like that. And the club clearly felt that he was worth more than 16 million and and hindsight's a wonderful thing you can look back now and go well Alfredo Morelos now isn't worth 16 million so we should have taken it but at the time the club felt he was so the club took a risk and unfortunately it looks like it's not paid off by the end of the day we still signed the guy for 1 million it's nothing really in today's market and he's absolutely delivered for us so I, I can't go on board that it's criminal mismanagement that that is recruitment it's it's squad management Sometimes you do take a bit of a risk. And and if the club felt that 60 million wasn't his value, they're well entitled to hold on to him. And I think he's contributed since he's been here. I think now is just the perfect time to let him go. Of course, we always want returns for our players, but we're seeing it now with, with modern football. Most players are running down their contracts now. You know, most players are running them down to look to move on on a Bosman or on a free. They get a big hefty sign-on fee when they move. It just seems to be the way that it's going now. It's just something we're going to have to accept. Unfortunately, we've seen it last season with Conor Gold, so they ended up staying. Uh, and we've seen it this year with Ken Morelos, even Ryan Jack, I suppose, running down his contract. So it's just something we need to accept. But yeah, I'm not having the criminal mismanagement, not at all. I mean, he contributed for us and that's what we want. You know, we want players here that are going to deliver. And he has, as a whole, I just feel now is time to to let him go. There's a lot of nostalgia involved when it comes to Alfredo Morelos, I think. Um, a lot of people are looking at him of that 2019-2020 Morelos, and that's fine. I think I think that's the way I'll look back on him when he leaves. But that's not the Alfredo Morelos now, so it's time to let him go. Yeah, it's, it's safe to say there's plenty of comments been flying in on this one, and it's a very emotive subject, Alfredo Morelos and Rangers. M Ward says, uh, Wilson's own goal. To be honest, Bilko Blue says we definitely have had our money worth out of Alfie. Chris Cherry, fellow podder, says hindsight is a great thing. We sold Alfie for 16 million. People would criticise Ross Wilson. Um, Curry Munchen agrees with, with Chris Cherry. A, a large amount of the, a large majority of the fans would be raging if we had sold Morelos for 16 million at that time. We were all giving it 20 million worth plus. Um, Jock, where do you stand? On this, I guess, a lot of the comments, the, the people are either falling on one side in which they're blaming Ross Wilson and, and the, the and the board for, for not selling him at the right price. And others are saying, actually, we would all have been really angry if he had been sold at that stage, um, especially when it was before the, the 55 season and Celtic were going to be going for, for 10 in a row and then you sell your main striker. Where do you stand on, on that side of the argument? Yeah, the nail on the head. You can't sell your main striker. 
he was worth more than 16 million. 100% he was worth more than 16 million. He was scoring goals for fun in the Europa League. You can't let him go for until you get fair value, and that wasn't fair value, because bear in mind, I'm really sure the, the Finnish team had a percentage clause for a sell-on fee. So, do you, we, I think at that point that Jared thought we could get more from him and we could increase his value. Didn't go that way. Uh, and if nobody's come in, if his, you know, his, his goals kind of went down, performances kind of went tailed off from that. He still contributed, don't get me wrong, he still scored. But if there's nobody interested in a player, you can't, what can you do? You can't just, you're, you're waiting on somebody to come in and put in a concrete offer for him. And if that hasn't came, the players are going, the contract's going to tick on until somebody can nab them for nothing. Like, like you say, that's 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 player trading, that's the, the football model. If there's no interest in a player, there's nothing you can do. It's not Ross Wilson's fault. I, I know Ross, they do say it's the, 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 the director of football has to try and wheel and deal and make deals and stuff, but he's got an agent. But how, how would how would we as fans react if the agents out and about touting stuff looking for for that? The fans would be kicking up stinks saying he can't be doing that. You know he's putting the player under pressure and it's that impacts in the dressing room, impacts in the players' performances. It's football, simple as that. It's the way it is. Nothing came in. We didn't take it. The one offer we did get, we didn't take it because it, it wasn't the value for money that we were expecting. So he's away in a free. He goes with all our blessings because he's been a good servant for the club. Yeah, Craig, can I just say before we move on, um, in terms of that criticism of Ross Wilson when it comes to kind of player trading and and maybe not selling players at the right time, there there are plenty of players within that squad that he's not sold at the right time. So Glenn Kamara, for example, linked with a nine million move last summer, he should have been sold. You know, he should have been driven out because that's good value for what we paid for him. Um, I think Borna Barisic has been linked with moves over the years for four or five million. Of course, that sounds low, but again, probably good value for him. He's maybe hitting his peak. Um, there's other players in there, even Fashion Zakala. I know he's been great this season, but I, I think we're Burnley were linked with a three million move in the summer there. If that was true, he probably should have been sold as well. It's good value for signing him in a free. So there are plenty of players within the squad. I think Ross Wilson maybe deserves criticism for that we've not getting in that player trading and we maybe held on to people for too long I just don't think Alfredo Morelos is one of them yeah yeah I'd have to agree with that one and I think I'd have to agree with the, the Fashion Sakawa one as well from the summer that, that was one that I personally thought we should have taken at that time fair enough he's played a bit more this season and he's contributed some some good goals but he also falls over the ball twice a game and it's just it's just the balance of quality of player that we need and we want and um Ross is laughing because it's a it's a real frustration that you hear in the TII group chat every time it every time it happens. Um we'll leave the Alfredo Morelos part of this discussion here. I've just seen a crazy transfer suggestion. Richard Bell said I think Rangers should sign Scott McTominay in the summer. No idea where that's came from. Um I don't think Scott McTominay is the one for us, if I'm being honest. I think it was a rumour floating about the other day from a, an ex-Manchester United player, is it Parker or something? I think yeah. he suggested Scott McTominay should move to... It was just a random interview to a betting site, I think, where he suggested Scott McTominay should move to Rangers and that's it. There's nothing else on it. Um, I don't think we can afford Scott McTominay's wages, unfortunately. I think anyone that plays for Manchester United is probably out of our reach. Um, so, yeah, I, I wouldn't buy into that one too much. Yeah, I think so. I, it was such a well dreamer, I missed it. So, um, so let's, <laughs> let's leave that one there. 
Um, Scott Kearney says the business plan is not working. Simple. I guess that kind of brings us on to the, the next point. Michael Beale, again, speaking to Via Play Sports. I was at the game yesterday, so I didn't see him speaking afterwards, but it sounds like he might have been speaking for about four hours to Via Play Sports with the amount of stuff he covered. Um, he said, and I mentioned it there when I was running through the Alfredo Morelos comments, we've not done anything with our contract players. That's above me. I'd suggest it's Morelos, Kent and Jack that he is that he's talking about there. Um, I saw one person quote tweet that that video on Twitter and said, Ross Wilson, what a job he's doing. Another said, it's absolutely bizarre. Uh, we have one of our top assets out of contract in three months' time. A player the manager wants to keep and we haven't offered a new contract, according to Michael Beal. Ross, what are your thoughts on that? And I imagine he's talking about Ryan Kent on that situation, especially in that, that last quote tweet in terms of one of our top assets. I think both Ryan Kent and Michael Beale have been on the record as saying that they're, they're, they know they're going to discuss at the end of the season and they're comfortable with that. How, where do you stand on, on the Ryan Kent thing? I think I was always, where Alfredo Morelos go, um, Ryan Jack, I was kind of on the fence about and we'll come on to where I've landed on that one shortly. And then Ryan Kent had his, his performances improved. I was willing to offer him a new deal, but if they didn't improve consistently, then 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 I would say just let him go. In terms of where he's been since Michael Beals came in, I think he's gotten better. Do I think he's at the level where we should offer him a new deal and he's going to be one of the highest paid players at the club? I'm not quite so sure. Where do you stand on Ryan Kent's future at Rangers, first of all, and then on the idea that, that we've not had discussions with, with players that are out of contract in three months' time? Yeah, so for me, I would I would try to sign both Ryan Jack and Ryan Kent. Um, Ryan Kent, for me, I think the way I look at it, and I totally understand your point of view of, you know, if this guy's wanting to be one of the top paid at the club, has he really done enough? I can kind of I can understand that because you look at his numbers and you think there's so much more that you've got within you, and you just don't seem to be delivering. The worry I have for Ryan Kent is replacing him. I just don't think you can get a player of Ryan Kent's quality for our budget. And I think it was the same for Conor Goldson last year and why I was so keen for us to keep him. I think if you don't sign Conor Goldson to a new contract to replace him of his value, you're going to have to go and spend five or six million. I just can't see us doing that for a centre-back. And I think it's the same for Ryan Kent. I think Ryan Kent under contract is at least worth 10 million, at least, right? And I just don't think we as a club are going to spend that on a winger. Um, so that's where I stand. I would rather give this guy a contract and keep the player of quality. I can understand the other side completely and that he maybe doesn't do enough. Um, I just think he does do a lot that maybe the numbers don't suggest in terms of his work rate off the ball. He opens a lot of space for other players. And I think you've seen the best of Ryan Kent now in that system under Beal, because I think I was saying this under Van Bronckhorst, I felt really sorry for him because he was getting played in a role that just didn't suit him. Of course, he's a winger, but he was just told to stay left and that's it. Hug the touchline, cut inside sometimes and see if you can beat three men and score. It's just not, it's just not his game. It's never going to be his game, unfortunately. He's never going to be a clinical finisher. So for me... I would keep them both. I know you'd mentioned Ryan Jack briefly, but yeah, I would keep them both. As for the kind of comment from Michael Beale in the, the interview, I just think we get too hung up on these things sometimes. Now, this is just my own personal point of view. I don't think you can really take anything the manager says as being completely true. You know, he's I, I can't see the manager coming out 
and uh, divulge in kind of private transfer negotiations or contract negotiations in public. I just don't think he's going to do that. Imagine the uproar if he came out and said, oh, we've actually put a contract in front of Ryan Kent three months ago and he's not signed it. Well, everyone goes mental because it's like, well, why is he not signing it? What's going on? It just causes unnecessary drama. So what the way it will probably work is the club will know what they want to offer and Ryan Kent's agent will know what they want, right? And they'll be talking back and forth and there'll be no official offer until both sides are very close, right? That's probably the way it's going to be. So he's probably telling the truth in the fact of we've not put something actually in front of him to sign, but I'm pretty sure both sides will kind of know where they stand. Um, and I'm sure Michael Beale's been pretty clear in this. He wants the two guys to stay, right? So the club will probably be doing all they can in the background to do that. So I just think we got hung up. I just think we got hung up too much sometimes in everything that Michael Beale says. He's, he's just not going to give us all the information we want. He probably gives us too much sometimes, but I think for this, he's not going to tell us private tran- uh, contract negotiations. Just just don't get too bothered about it, right? I'm pretty sure the club will be doing what they can. Um, that's just my point of view, of course. But yeah, I'm, I'm not too bothered. I'm pretty sure the club will be doing everything they can to keep Ryan Kent. Yeah, there's safe to say the comments are flying in here again on on this one. Uh, M Ward saying Ryan Kent's just a, a one. That's meant to say just a one trick pony. Uh, Curry Muncher going for some sort of um, mix of Ryan Kent and Ross Kemp. Uh, Ross Kent was seven million. I'm pretty sure we could get as good a winger who can score for that price. Uh, RFC seventy two says depends on wages with Kent. Can't be around forty k a week for what he produces. Um, JG says, "What quality though? Ten minutes of good play every other game. It's not worth twenty grand a week. <laughs> Never mind forty. Um, Jock, where do you stand on on the Ryan Kent side of things, and how comfortable are you that we are now, as we saw with Connor Goldson last season, and as we're seeing with the likes of Morelos, um, Kent, and Jack this season, allowing contracts to to run until the end of the season." And allowing players to enter this final six month period that we're in of their contracts that they can they can happily speak to anyone they want. Ross said earlier, this is more and more common now. Um, players are running down the contract. Probably be advised to run down the contract by their agent because whenever they, if they go and sign for another club, they get to split the money, bigger portion of the pie. Um, it's just something we're going to have to get used to. I think if a contract offer had been made. And it's been rejected, then we'd all be known about it. So nothing's like you say, nothing's been set in stone, nothing's been offered concrete. They're guaranteed there's been discussions happening between the player's agent and the club. Doesn't necessarily mean the player's there, but the player that's what the player has an agent for. It lets him deal with everything. This is what I want, this is what I think I want. The player the agent tells the player, This is what I think you can get. So to and through and to and through until you till they get to an agreement, the contract offers made. If they're not at an agreement, there's going to be no contract offer made. So this is the stalemate. This is where you're at. It's just you just have to wait on these things. Conor Goldson ran his down to, to the very last minute. Conor Goldson was getting a lot of flack at the end of last season from on social media. And it actually transpired that he'd signed a contract a week or two before he even went on holiday. But he was getting grief when he was on, went on holiday before it was announced that he'd signed the contract. And then he explained it and everybody sort of calmed down because he wanted to sit and discuss it with his family. And this is what these guys have to do. They have families to look after. So you have to take the sort of the human side of it and 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 on board as well. Whereas fans, we just want demand, demand, demand. We want him signed. We want him guaranteed for the next four or five years. 
you could sign Ryan Kent could sign a contract, have a stellar first six months next season, and they could be away. And then Folk could be complaining, I'll be sold him and we've sold one of our best assets. You can't win in this situation. I think that if Ryan Kent wants to stay, he'll stay. Simple as that. I don't think he'll get to play for a bigger club than Rangers, and I say that for a majority of the players that sign for us. They'll not get any bigger than us. Yeah, I think I'd have to agree with that with that final point you made there. Uh, Ross, um, the Wolf coming in here and, and guess, I guess pushing back on your your suggestion that a lot of what Ryan Kent does is not seen in, in the numbers that he produces. Um, he says what has Kent offered us overall this season? Very little. A replacement doesn't have to do much to be better than Kent. Kent's numbers are poor for his price tag. How would you respond to that? I feel like I'm on the spot here. Um, I think that's fair. I think the, the numbers thing is always something that's been held against Ryan Kent. I think we all know that he doesn't produce enough goals and assists. Um, what I would say is he has been quite crucial in a lot of our games this season. I can think off the top of my head. I think Hearts at home were really struggling that night. He beats three men who plays in Barisic. It cuts it back to Tillman. We win that game. Uh, I think he wins a penalty at St Mirren to, to get us a draw that day, and we were terrible. Um, Lee Johnson picked him out, actually, after Reister Road the other night and said we could not handle him. Um, he doesn't he doesn't get his goal and he doesn't get his assist, um, but he was like, we couldn't handle him. We couldn't pick him up. He was creating too much space. It was just causing chaos. This is the thing for me. I just think the quality has Ryan Kent on the ball. And listen, I've seen Curry's uh, comment there around kind of, we paid seven million for him. I think that seven million we paid for Ryan Kent was fully for Steven Gerrard and that I really, really want this player. You need to get him for me, okay? I just don't see the club doing that again. I can't see Rangers paying a, a fee of that figure again, uh, especially with the the club pushing for kind of financial sustainability. We just don't seem to bring in enough player trading wise yet for us to be putting out that kind of money. So, listen, I can, I really can see both sides. Um, I don't want it to come across that I'm so focused on Ryan Kent should stay and everyone else is wrong. I don't I can I can totally buy into both sides. I just think the quality he has our budget will not bring in a Ryan Kent. It it just won't. And I think uh we'll really notice the difference when he goes. Um so for me, got to keep him. Yeah, for what it's worth, I do think we will offer Ryan Kent a new contract and I do think Ryan Kent will sign a new contract. But I do think we need more from Ryan Kent as well um, as we head into to next season and beyond. He needs to be producing more for us. It amazes me when professional footballers or how many professional footballers can't find a target with the majority of shots that they hit. It's literally what they're paid to do. Um, but he's, he's not alone in that one and there's many, many others that, that fall into that category as well. But I definitely think we need more out of him going forward if he's going to maintain that starting spot um, that he has been um since Michael Beale came in and even before that. Jock, still on that Michael Beale interview from yesterday, he was speaking about on Ryan Jack and he said that Ryan Jack sets the standard um, at the club. We spoke a lot about earlier on about John Lundstrom and I felt that actually yesterday we saw we saw the real reasons why John Lundstrom isn't really suited to how Michael Beale wants us to play. He was probably a bit too safe. He was, he was aggressive in the wrong areas of the pitch. He was... Um, he was always, he felt like he was trying to make up for mistakes at times as well and when you're playing against a lower league opposition that's not how how you need to play especially if you're you're that sort of holding midfielder for Rangers I wasn't fully on board with extending 
as we say, Michael Beale's contract, Ryan Jack's contract. Um, as we head in towards the end of this season, I understood the whole Scottish angle and I understood that we needed him as part of that, that quota. I think he proved me wrong against Hibs the other night. Um, I think he was he was really good in that game. For all I said to Ross that, that he wasn't good, he actually was particularly good in, in that game. And I think he showed the value that he can offer us. I think the the disappointing thing with Ryan Jack is he can't offer you 60 games a season. He can only offer you probably about 20 to 25 games a season maximum. I think based on that and based on the history of injuries that he's had while while he's been at Rangers, I would offer him a new contract, but only on the expectations that he's a rotation player, he's a bit of a squad player. I wouldn't offer him as he's a he's a key part of our central midfield and he has to be on every game for that to work because I think that's just setting ourselves up for a fall. So I would I would offer Ryan Jack a new contract on on those terms and that understanding. And I would I would let Kamara and John Lundstrom go in the summer and, and revamp that that central midfield around um around the likes of, of Jack and Raskin, uh, Cantwell, Tillman. What are your thoughts on on Brian Jack and, and where he fits in the squad going forward? I just, you you've summed it up completely. I agree with everything you said there. Um Lundstrom, I think it's one good game I can sort of go back to this season was the, the Hearts game away at Tynecastle only because Raskin had just signed and he, that was one of the best games I've seen him play after that but back to as usual um, Kamara's offered nothing now for a long time like a day, 18 months maybe even longer um, so Jack for me going forward but under the, the assumption that's going to be a re- I, I wrote down my notes here maybe a, a reduced terms but that means a squad player um role because he seems to suit playing beside Raskin and Cantwell really well. He sort of solidifies them and he gives them the option for Cantwell to go to go forward because I always thought Jack was good at covering Tav. Um, allowing Tav to sort of bomb forward, Jack fills in. It's something that they've been doing it for so long, it's just natural for him. So, uh, yeah, I would take Jack in a heartbeat because especially the last, I think, if you'd said to me two months ago, I would have said not. I said no. I think it's time, but it's certainly the, the past sort of five, six, seven weeks. He's he's starting to come into his own again. He looks like a player that we can't lose. So for me, definitely get him, get him signed up and give him an hour, a couple of years. Um, because I, I like to, I think I think Jack's still got plenty to offer. Yeah, I think it's interesting to see a couple of years. It'll be interesting to see if we if we do the one year rolling contract from now on, just given his injury history and. And his age, or if if we do go more towards the, the, the two year deal, Ross Scott Cameron comes in and says a starting number six is a must this summer. Ag says starting number six is Raskin, which I'm not entirely sure I agree with. That's been Raskin's best position or his most effective position for us. And then Ag follows that up with Raskin six, Cantwell eight, Tillman ten. What do you, where do you stand on Ryan Jack first of all, and then? looking at some of the comments as to as to what the midfield might look like next season where do you stand on that yeah i think we need to keep ryan jack i think of course he's important when he's on the park but i think off it he's probably just as important i think he's one of those leaders uh, in the dressing room that leadership group that's always quoted um, and i think you're going to see a few departures from that this summer we all uh suspect that alan mcgregor is going to retire stevie davis looks unlikely that he'll maybe come back from that injury 
and we're not sure about Scott Arfield at this point. There's not been a lot said about potentially renewing his contract. So I think with these guys going, I think you need to try and keep a core. Uh, and for me, Ryan Jack, we've seen enough when he's on the park that he's definitely an asset for us. He has to be managed. Um, and I think I've seen this point on Twitter the other day that it might be a discussion with the club and Ryan Jack that if he is to stay, he potentially retires from international duty because that seems to be a real problem for him when he goes away in international duty. He never seems to come back in a good condition for us and it seems to take a while for him to get him back up to speed. So that might be something that's going on in the background. Um, I'm sure Ryan Jack would like to like to prolong his international career for as long as possible, but it might be something the club are looking for for him to get the best out of, uh, for the, sorry, for the club to get the best out of him. So yeah, I would keep Ryan Jack um, as for the kind of the number six position in in Nico Raskan, I, I, I'm, again I'm not really sure what his best role is yet. We've seen him play as the kind of deeper one. I think we've seen that against Livingston away, and he looked really good that day. And then we've seen the last two games that he's been he's been one further forward, what you would maybe class as an eight, and he's looked like he's he's very capable in that role. And I think that's probably something we've need for a while, and we a wee bit of versatility in there in terms of the role that a player can play. Um, because I think when you look at John Lundstrom, John Lundstrom to me looks like a guy, he definitely does not suit playing as a number six. He just does not have the the passing range to play that position. He slows the, he slows it down too much. He's just very loose and he doesn't really keep the tempo high, which we need. And I don't think that's a surprise that we've seen last season that John Lundstrom's best performances came in Europe. And his best performances came in Europe, in my opinion, because Rangers didn't have as much as the ball, have have as much as the ball, should I say. So he was great at breaking things up. He was great at carrying the ball. And that's really what John Lundstrom's qualities are. I don't think he's great in a team that is possession dominant. And unfortunately, we are in most games. Um, so for me, yeah, he probably, I'm, I'm fine with having John Lundstrom as a kind of rotation option as well as Ryan Jack, but I think we need someone else in there. It looks like we have good midfield options now in terms of Todd Cantwell and and Nico Raskan, but I'm not, I think we do need one more. What kind of role they fulfill? I'm not really sure because for ages, I remember the Rangers fans claiming for a, a number eight. Now it seems to be a number six. So I'm not really sure. Um, we'll have to wait and see, but I think, I think he can play that goal, uh, that role. Sorry, Nico Raskan, I think he can. Yeah, Curry Mantra, absolutely hating your your pronunciation of, of Raskin there. Um, I believe I believe that is the correct way to say it, actually, because I I suspected I was saying incorrect last week when I was on the pod, and and I went and looked it up. So I believe Nico Raskin is the right way to say it, actually. So yeah. AG, sorry, guys. AG is, is absolutely agreeing, agreeing yeah. with you there. I think. To be honest, I think the midfields are starting midfield anyway, needs a full revamp in the summer and, and we need to really look at how that looks and what Michael Beale wants from that midfield going forward. I don't think Michael Beale is, is entirely happy with how it is at this moment in time. I don't get the impression that it's quite doing the, the work that he wants it to do and they're not quite playing the roles and they're not quite, as you said, Ross, moving the ball quickly enough. For his liking uh, on on that front, so I think it'll be really interesting to watch that one in in the summer. But I do think that um, my my take is that Ryan Jack should be off the new contract, and then we should try and sell uh, Glenn Kamara and especially John Lundstrom, who is uh, I, I realise you hate that Ross, that's blasphemy to you. But we should try and sell Glenn Kamara in the summer, and we should try and sell uh, John Lundstrom if we can in the summer as well, especially since Lundstrom's entered in the last 12 months of his contract there. Um, 
moving on, we've got a couple more points to get to, including Namdi Offabor. But before we get there, John Suter played a bit more, a few more minutes yesterday, and I thought he looked quite assured, Jock, in terms of his performance. Michael Beale kind of hinted after the game, I believe, that he was considering in certain games where an opposition might be um, might be playing that sort of low block that we saw yesterday, that he might look to to try a, a back three of, of uh, Suter, Goldson and Davies um, going forward that would then allow the likes of, of Tavernier and um, I'm going with my own wishful thinking and saying Yilmaz to push further up um, as part of that. What what are your thoughts on the potential of a back three and actually providing that bit of extra height in, 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 the, in the box? Um, obviously, we've considered quite a few goals this season and even last season from from those um, kind of set-piece situations against teams lower down in the league. What's your thoughts on on the potential of a back three? Yeah, the, 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 you're talking about the height and the set-piece situation. I think that's what cost us last season, wasn't it? Silly points dropped. Uh, was Goals from set-pieces was Achilles' heel. Um, it kind of started this, this season sort of similar under Geo, losing goals from that. Um, the back three definitely it's exciting. It's something different. It's obviously something we've not really seen much. Um, Ibrox, I know uh, Geo did sort of use it um, against Dortmund. Um, Ibrox uh, with, with with Lundstrom sort of filling in um, definitely seemed to work that game. Um, interesting, definitely interesting um, to see, but then with three centre playing the three centre backs at the, at the one time we'll, we'll probably need to bring in another one then for cover um, so that'll pro- probably, probably be looking forward to that in the summer then as another centre back cause unless um, Hillander's on the scene, I'd, I'd, I'd like to see Hillander back playing uh, in a back three, I think it would, I think it would suit it but definitely suitors um Passing ability and Davies passing ability, I think would be good because Goldson, Goldson's got that ability too. But definitely, I think the last uh, since Davies come in and, and has been more settled in the and that back too, his passing ability is definitely uh, shown through for the last wee while. So, but it's exciting. I just Spiel's putting his stamp on the team as well. It's uh, it's an early I'm mixing things up, like you say, if we're coming up against a low block. Like that, we could sort of commit more more players forward and attacking roles to try and try and try and break in behind that and break that down. So uh, it's exciting. Yeah, I think so. I think it's an interesting one. It's not one that I'd really considered, to be honest. I, th- I was kind of of the opinion that okay, Michael Beale, similar to Stephen Gerrard, has his way of playing, and potentially Michael Beale's a bit more um, agile in terms of, of of moving that around depending on who he's playing, but still had broadly. A very similar, a very similar way of playing to to um, Stephen Gerrard, but it was interesting hearing him talk about about that back three. Just on John Suter, the trying Scotsman says Suter was very forward thinking. I hope he stays fit. Um, Curry Muncher says for being out for so long, he looks really physically fit and in shape. On the back three, RFC seventy two says back three benefits Yilmaz and Tav as well defensively. Um, Scott Cameron says. Uh, one of the three centre-halves need to step into midfield as we dominate the ball so much. Actually, that was one thing I noticed about John Suter yesterday was his passing was particularly good. Um, when he had the ball at his feet and he was fizzing balls into into the forwards and into the midfield and he was picking passes out really well in that. And Bilko Blue says, uh, I think it's a great way to play and get more ballers in the midfield at the same time. Ross, where do you stand on the, the, the potential of a back three? 
Yeah, I think it's, it's something I'd be open to to Michael Beale trying, definitely. I really like John Souter as a player. really liked him at Hearts as well. Um, anytime we played against him or I, I watched him against any other club, I really liked him. Um, one of my good friends is a Hearts fan and was raving about him for years, how good he was. So I really like his passing range, John Souter. What you've just spoke about there, he can drive into midfield with the ball. Um, I think we've seen it a few times in friendlies for us as well. He's good at that. So I think it's something that the type of player he is gives us that opportunity. And I mean, if you had John Souter on one side and Ben Davies on the other, you've got two centre-backs that are very, very comfortable in possession. And I think that's really important in Scotland, um, especially for a team like us that are going to have a lot of the ball and you're maybe struggling to create from deep or you're going to need someone to create from deep. It'd be great to have a guy like John Souter on the team. So it's definitely something I'm open to. I'm a wee bit wary of it's a system we've not really played. These players really haven't played it. I know we played it in Europe, but it was slightly different where you had a John Lundstrom dropping in from midfield and then going back into midfield and, and attack. So it's not really a traditional back three. So listen, it's something I'd be open to seeing, absolutely. Um, and I totally agree with one of the comments there around um, James Tavernier and, and Ridvan Yilmaz. It was certainly so Yilmaz because I'm sure he played in a back three or five at Besiktas. So if we're going to try and get the best out of these guys, then maybe we play a system that they're used to and they are they have been brought into the squad for a reason to compete. So yeah, it's definitely something I'd like to see. Um and, and just I'd just like to echo what you've both said. It's great to see John sort of back. You know, he's came back and he looks fit. It must be really difficult, the injury problems that he's had throughout the years. Um and he continues to get back in the park. So let's hope that that this was the last one now. Um, it sorted everyone out for him. He's still young, relatively young in his career, and he can and he can go on have a really good career for us. Yeah, I think so, and I, I, I'm quite. Okay. I think he's taking a bit of unnecessary stick or unfair stick for the fact he got injured earlier in the season. I, th- I know he's had his his previous injuries that he's um, that he struggled with. Ultimately, got him on a, a free transfer, and he 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 got injured. I think in the first half of the first competitive game that we that he played, which was unfortunate, and we we hadn't seen him since. But I think as he's gradually came back into the team more and more since he's return from injury in the last week or two. I think we've seen more and more of what um of what he can offer us or or what the potential there is for him in this Rangers team. And I'm I for one I'm quite excited about about that side of things. Um Curry Muncher's saying is Hollander even a starter if he comes back. Jock, I know you mentioned Hollander in there. I think Hollander's done and I think he'll be gone yeah. in the summer. So I don't think that's even a something we have to discuss or to worry about, to be honest. Um, Can you imagine the uproar, Craig, if Ross Wilson offered Philip Hollander a contract? I don't even want to think about Rangers Twitter if that happens. So yeah, I'm pretty certain that Hollander will depart this summer. Yeah, I think so. And I, th- I think if he doesn't, then we'll do a full week-long live pod to, to get everyone's comments out on that one. Right, on to the, the kind of final talking point. There's one that kind of came out of the blue, um, Jock, and it was from Namdi Offerbor. Um, he posted on his own Instagram stories last night. He said, silent on the situation, so I look like the bad guy. All the mistreatment of the last two years will come out. Um, a few people suggested that it was aimed at the club and the club's medical team. Um Rangers have came out tonight uh, via Chris Jack and said uh, Rangers have dis- dismissed suggestions that Namdi Offerbor is no longer contracted to the club after he broke his silence on his fitness nightmare. 
that speculation online that he has been released by Rangers is wide of the mark as the club continues to seek specialist advice in, in the United Kingdom and Europe to help offer Bor return to action and kickstart his career. I thought the, the that just seemed like the cherry on the cake last night when that one came out. I was just like, right, I've had enough, I'm away to my bed kind of situation at, at that stage. What, what did you make of, of the reaction to that? And do you feel it's aimed at the club? I felt it was just... It's, it's that kind of, of, it's hard to even call it an injury. It's that kind of situation where he, he needs to see a specialist. And I'm, I'm not entirely sure a football club doctor is, is the one that's going to be treating that kind of thing. Exactly. That's the thing. Cause it broke quite late last night. And then so everybody sort of jumped all over it. And there was a lot of sort of, you know, folk were criticising them, saying it's already right come out and say that, but you're you're stealing the wage from the from the club and stuff, which I thought was a bit harsh, um, considering the situation the guys in. Um, looking back at it, I'm, to me, I'm personally I'm gutted for the guy because it's just not worked out for him for for whatever reason. This this like you say, these all these specialists he's been looking to see. It's there's always there's obviously something there that was that was picked up, um, by the medical team, and it's it's just not worked out for him. In terms of these things that he's these specialists that he's seen, we'll have to take the you know, we'll assume that the club's medical team is going to do its best for every player under their care. So, if this is not something that's in, within their remit or it's on if any experience of, they're going to pass it on to specialists. And this is what we've been heard about now for, for the past two years, has been, it's been referred to specialists. Um, so I don't, last night's post from him. But sort of kind of like kind of cryptic at the same time as well because he's not necessarily directing where the blame's going, but he's in a roundabout way doing it towards the club. The club now, as you see, have come out with a statement saying that he's still contracted with the club. So maybe there's just been cross wires somewhere, or or something's been picked up wrong, and he's he's maybe just took it to heart a bit and he's lashed out again until the club confirms something, which they seem to have done now. Um, there's not much really else we can we can say on it apart from wait and just hope that the guy gets gets the treatment that he needs so he can start playing football for us because we haven't seen him. Yeah, absolutely. I, I do feel sorry for him. It's almost like he signed for us. He got he he, he saw his, his his big break in terms of first team football and it was almost it was almost immediately taken away from him by the by the yeah. discovery around around this heart issue. I think AG probably sums it up. Um, sums up well. The whole situation is a bit strange. It is oh, a bit strange. It does feel like the club is doing the best it can by him in terms of not putting him at risk and trying to seek the best sort of specialist side of things, uh, best specialist advice and care for him. Ross, what do you make of the, the whole situation? And we're up, I think we're 15 months now since Namdi Offerbar signed for us. He's not played a minute of football. Is he one that you think we will ever see in a Rangers jersey? The fact has went on so long now, Craig, I'm not sure we will see him in a Rangers jersey. And to be honest, I just feel really, really sorry for the guy um, to get an opportunity to, to sign for Rangers, a massive club, and it's taken away from you so quickly. It's just, it's just, it's not really easy to think about, actually. Um, I feel sorry for him. It might, listen, he doesn't help himself last night with that kind of post. It's cryptic, like Jock said. People are going to read into it the way they want to read into it. Of course, the first that, First thing people are saying is, oh, this is definitely the medical department. He's definitely having a go at the medical department at Rangers. No one knows that. You know, that's maybe a guy that's really suffering here. Um, he's just frustrated that he can't play football anymore. It's been two years and he and he's lashing out a bit. 
um, people just started to create something out of nothing, really. Um, I just feel sorry for him, Craig, to be honest. Uh, there's not really much more I can say than that. I just hope the guy can get the specialist device he needs. It looks like he's been through multiple operations now and it doesn't look like he's any closer. So that it just it must be really difficult for him for our mental side. Um, and we have to remember that. I, I see a lot of comments that, you know, he's stealing a wage and things like that. He's not stealing a wage. He signed a contract and he's under care of the club. Um, and that's why he signed a contract. He's insured. So, yeah, I think we need to, to lay off the boy a wee bit. Um, I understand when people first look at that, they maybe think, oh, that's a bit harsh to be criticising the club. But we just don't know at this point. Um, and obviously the club have come out and, and reaffirmed a few things tonight. So, yeah. Listen, I just hope we see him back playing football again. It doesn't matter if it's for Rangers. I just hope we see him playing somewhere, to be honest, at any level, um, because it must be really difficult to deal with. Yeah, and you never know. He might well be the number six that we've been searching for all this time. But Let's hope so. We've not been able to see him just yet in a Rangers jersey, but fingers crossed we will at some point. We're, we're well over the, the normal hour. It's been... Uh, it's been a busy podcast. There's loads, been loads to talk about. And it's been a great discussion. So thank you very much to everyone that's been involved. Um, Jock, thank you very much for joining us. Much appreciated. Nope, thanks for having me. Great as always. And Ross, thank you very much for joining us. Good to see you back. Yep, thanks, mate. And enjoyed it. I'll make sure that I drink out of um, a smaller glass next time because I've seen a few people commenting that there that I was drinking out of vase and things. But so yeah, next time I'll maybe just drink out a wee bottle or something. But yeah, yeah, thanks for your time, mate. I appreciate it. Might just be your small hands on a normal size. Maybe. You never, you never Maybe. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so many jokes that could be said now. Thank you very much, everyone, for listening. Please remember to drop us a like on the video if you have enjoyed the content. It does help us a lot. If you're interested in this content, you might have seen the Stuart Gibson interview last week. If you, if you want to see more of that type of content, please remember to subscribe to the TII YouTube channel, toggle on those notifications, and you'll get an email every time we go live or a new video is uploaded. In terms of what we've got coming up the rest of the week, um, Kyle and the guys will be back on Wednesday, so then on to Saturday in Motherwell, where I think it's Kyle again is back with the post-match reaction um, immediately after the game, followed by our live Sunday podcast at 8pm as it is every week with Scott Patterson and the team. Thank you very much, everyone, for joining us. And until next time, goodbye. Podcast Network.